fantastic to have Easter here. My microphone's buzzing a little bit. Is it annoying you? Good. All right, we'll keep on going here. But I, I want to be honest with you guys. Aren't you kind of glad Easter's finally here? I mean, the, it's a crazy season, isn't it? I mean, you, you get all these things prepared and, and all the shopping for the Easter presents. And then, then the stores are packed. And those Good Friday sales have absolutely gotten out of hand. <laughs> and as if that wasn't hard enough, you have all these Easter parties you have to attend. Yeah. Right? And now the Easter parties have like dress codes now. So either you have to dress up nice for the Easter party, or you have, have to find an ugly Easter sweater to wear to the party. And it's hard. And every year I think the same thing. Every year I'm like, you know what, this year I'm going to make it simpler. This year I'm going to focus on the reason for the season. This is the year I really do that. And it never happens because it just gets crazier and crazier. Is it the same with you? No? Isn't that funny? It's weird, huh? Everybody celebrates Christmas. Everybody. Christmas is everywhere. And Easter? Eh, not so much. I mean, you might have like the community Easter egg hunt, but let's face it, they're kind of small and they're, they're not that big a deal. And, and really, when you get down to it, they're kind of freaky. I mean, they have this big bunny there. And the bunny will haunt your dreams, I'm telling you. The bunny is, is bad. I had a picture. It didn't show up. I have no idea why. <laughs> There's a picture of a bunny with crazy eyes. And I don't like them. And we're going to go back because that's not the picture. We're going to go right back there. Easter's just not as big a deal. In fact, um, Dave and Missy Sharp, a couple years ago, they, they showed me their child's lacrosse practice schedule. And it had all the days they had to practice. And on one of the days, it said, practice at uh, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock. And then in parentheses, it said, yes, I know it's Easter Sunday, but we need the practice. <laughs> Can you imagine a coach doing that on Christmas? Right? Christmas Day. Yes, I know it's Christmas, but we need the practice. And in parentheses, it could be like, our team is more important than your family time. Right? It'd be a headline in the Vale Daily. Coach beaten to death by moms with lacrosse sticks. You know? <laughs> but on Easter? Eh, not as big a deal. Why is Easter different? There, there's a lot of similarities between the two. It's an event about Jesus. Uh, it's unique to Christianity. There's um, a miracle involved in the event. There's a ton of similarities. But for some reason, everybody celebrates Christmas. Easter? Not so much. Why? Here's my guess. I'm guessing this. But the message of Easter is subversive. It's a dangerous message. Christ is risen? He's risen, He's risen indeed. indeed. And it makes all the difference. See, Christmas by comparison is pretty tame, really. I mean, you have Jesus, 
God in the flesh born in a manger. But if you don't believe that, you can get around it pretty easily. All you have to do to celebrate Christmas is like babies and presents. If you like those two, you can do Christmas. In fact, let's be honest. You don't even have to like babies all that much. You just have to like the presents part, right? You like the presents, you can buy the tree, you can decorate the tree, you can put on the music, you can get the food ready, dress up nice, and go see family and friends, and you can do Christmas. Easter is different. Easter is subversive. Easter is extreme. We claim Christmas, but the resurrection claims you. James Martin, he, he wrote this. If you don't believe in the resurrection, you can go on living your life while perhaps admiring Jesus the man, appreciating his example, and even putting into practice some of his teachings. At the same time, you can set aside those teachings that you disagree with or that make you uncomfortable. Say, forgiving your enemies, praying for your persecutors, living simply, or helping the poor. You can set them aside because... Well, he's just another teacher. A great one, to be sure, but just one of many. But if you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, however, everything changes. In that case, you cannot set aside any of his teachings. Because a person who rises from the grave, who demonstrates his power over death, and who has definitively proven his divine authority, needs to be listened to. What that person says demands a response. In short, the resurrection makes a claim on you. Here's the message of Easter. Jesus, God in the flesh, willingly submits himself to death by execution, and that death on a cross, where he claims to have taken your sin upon himself and in exchange given you his perfect forgiveness and grace and rose from the grave to prove it so you might have life forever. And if you're sitting here thinking, that's a tough one to swallow, that's a lot to absorb, you're right. It's subversive. It's extreme. Easter is more challenging than Christmas. Lots of people are born. I bet you were. Okay, we're 100% there. Good. Very few rise from the dead. And even fewer still after three days having been pierced by a centurion spear through the heart. Easter is extreme. And if you're sitting here wondering, gosh, I'm not sure if I accept it. I'm not sure if I believe that Jesus Christ died and rose. I'd like to briefly offer a couple of proofs. And the first is this. Everyone knew the tomb was empty. Everyone knew the tomb is empty. So in the Gospel of Matthew, there's this great text. And um, it says this. While the women were on their way from the empty tomb, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say, His disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. 
If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed, and this story, story has been widely circulated to this very day. So everyone, even the enemies of Jesus, acknowledged the tomb was empty. So can you imagine uh, the Apostle Peter on that Pentecost sermon, uh, 60 days after the resurrection, saying, He is risen! And the people going, what are you talking about? He's right over here. The tomb's it's right here. That didn't happen. Instead, the Apostle Peter said, He is risen! And the enemies of Jesus said, No, no, you stole the body. See, everyone acknowledged the tomb was empty. Everybody. The debate was how. And the disciples of Jesus said, He rose from the grave. And here's the second proof. They died testifying that Jesus Christ rose. They died. All the disciples of Jesus, except for John, who faced uh, massive persecution, all the other ones were killed for saying Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Now, lots of people will die for a cause or a person they believe in. It happens all the time. Nobody dies for something they know to be a lie. Nobody. Because if I'm telling a lie, right, you know, like, hey, I, uh, I won the 100-meter uh, dash in 1984 Olympics. Yeah, I got disqualified because of steroids, but, I mean, I mean, you can tell, right? <laughs> right? If I tell that lie, and someone puts a gun to my head and says, is it true? That's about the point I back off, right? Like, no, it's, it's not true. I really didn't. I got second, right? That's when you back off. The disciples went to their deaths telling everyone they met, Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, and he is Lord, and he is Savior. And the third proof, a third proof of the resurrection, is that the women found the tomb. And all the gospel accounts, the women get there first. The women are the first witnesses that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And you're sitting there going, who cares? But in that day and age, it was a big deal. Because, I'm sorry to say, I'm very sad to say, in that time and age, a woman's testimony was not allowed in court. So they are the first ones to witness, to testify of the resurrection. If the story had been made up, it would have never been made up this way. It wouldn't. Because who would believe it? And the reason it's recorded in the Gospels that way is because to the disciples' shame... That's how it happened. The women were more faithful than the disciples who had followed Jesus every day for the past three years. If you're looking for more uh, proofs of the resurrection, I want to recommend to you a book. It's called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. It's phenomenal. If you want more information about that, see me after the service. I'll get, the co I'll get a copy to you, okay? But here's the important part. Since Jesus Christ rose from the dead, what does that mean for you? What does it mean? It means everything. It means everything. But it means first, life forever, heaven. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, said whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. 
Amen. Amen. What a gift. Death is not the end. There's a subversive claim. Death is not the end. All the saddest moments in your life have come because something ended. A relationship, that favorite car you got when you were 16 years old and you crashed. Well, I crashed mine. <laughs> it ended. The worst endings of all, a funeral. Jesus Christ reverses it. Have you ever had someone in your life who was sick? Child, spouse, a loved one, a good, good friend. And you thought to yourself, you may have even prayed, I wish I could just take all this for you. I wish I could just take all of it for you. All the, the pain that you're feeling, the hurt that you're feeling, the heartache that you're feeling, the suffering that you're going through. If I could take this from you, I would do it. And my friends, Jesus did that for you. The cross is about Jesus taking your sin, shame, guilt, all of it, and dying for it. So you might have life now and always. Death is not the end. Because Christ is risen. He is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. And since Jesus is alive, death itself will be reversed. And you can have a joy and a hope and a purpose for today and every day. Because if there's no resurrection, then what we do today doesn't matter. Because you're just going to die anyway. But since Jesus Christ rose, every day has a purpose. Every day has meaning. And more importantly, you have a purpose. And you have a meaning. And you can have joy. Because Jesus Christ died and rose for you. And he loves you. Jesus Christ is Lord. That was the message of the church after the resurrection. Before the resurrection, nobody said Jesus Christ is Lord. They didn't say it at all. After the resurrection becomes the, pri becomes the primary creed for the church. Jesus Christ is Lord. So what does that say to us today? What does that say for how we live our lives? Well, Jesus put it this way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, and love your neighbor as yourselves. Love your neighbors. Forgive your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Care for the poor and the marginalized. Put the needs of others before your own. It's easy to say, huh? It's really hard to do. Jesus Christ is Lord. The one who conquered sin and death certainly walks with you as you follow him. And when we follow Jesus, when we follow Jesus, my friends, that is a subversive action. That is an extreme faith. It's extreme enough to change the world. 
Will you follow? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your death, your resurrection for us. Lord, um, that is love beyond our comprehension. Thank you. Help us to live in this Easter joy every day. Help us to follow you every single day. Because you are Lord and you are Savior. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah.